Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God. So, so have, um, thankful for you to be in church this morning. I know the holiday season sometimes can be people here and gone and that type of thing. And I've just recognized that Jesus doesn't do that. He's here where there's two or three gathered in his name. And that's not putting people down who are, are traveling or gone and that type of thing. That doesn't have anything to do with that. It just means that, that Jesus is here. He meets us. Praise God. And so you can expect great things today. In Jesus' name, I don't know if you're aware of this, but this is the last Sunday of 2021. Yeah, it's been a, a roller coaster of a year, I'm sure, with most people. But uh, the bottom line is we are entering into a, a, you know, another year. And that's one thing I appreciate about the, um, the calendar that we keep, the culture that we keep. It gives us an opportunity to start over. It gives us an opportunity to begin again. And, and so I think we need to take full advantage of that in Jesus' name. Praise God. Um, unbeknownst to many of you, we have a guest here this morning that is just absolutely an honor for us to have her here. She's one of the last of the holdouts. She was one of the ones that was here when we bought this building. And she was very, her and her, her dear husband were just absolutely instrumental in helping us to get finances off the ground. I mean to tell you folks, we didn't. There was just a handful of us at that time and, and we just had dreams and we just wanted God. We knew that God wanted to give us a bigger and a better building, better location, that type of thing. We weren't quite sure how that was gonna work. But nevertheless, she stuck with us and she came, her and her husband. It was just an absolute blessing. And then when we found out she played the piano, <laughs> we jumped on that one, I mean to tell you, and she already warned me. She said, Brother Carnahan, I haven't touched a piano in years. And I said, well, you could still come up here and probably outshine me 20 times over, but I won't, I won't push, I won't push. But she's a great lady, and I don't know, Sister Kay, do you feel like standing up and giving us, just saying a word for us? Or you don't have to if you don't want to, but go ahead. If you. Oh, my goodness. Let's give the Lord a just... The book of Ephesians, I think it's in the fourth chapter where it talks about one things or seven of them there, you know, one faith, one God, one baptism. Well, there should be an eighth because there's only one Buzzy Ely. Only one Buzzy Ely. And my goodness, he, he was a jewel. And um, this beautiful couple, couple with their southern 
hospitality and their southern charm, you know, took a couple of rough islands and just helped us to be better people. And, 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 and that is the truth, folks. That is the truth. It's, there are people that God puts in your life that just will help you to become a better person. And man, this is, this is the way it was. And so we're so glad that she's here. I was tempted to go out and, 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 um, and let out the air on all of her tires <laughs> so that she has to stay. But she did tell me, she said, we have to leave in the morning. And so we appreciate them. And folks, at least by, before you leave today, go up and greet her. She is just a, oh, I'm telling you something, a diamond, a jewel, whatever you want to put it. She is just there in Jesus' name. And so um, I'm so thankful. This is such a treat for her to be in service with us today in Jesus' name. And I could spend another hour on this stuff, folks. I really could. It would be very easy for me to compliment her and tell you all the things that they have done and, the, and what they meant to this church. I think we do kind of have the, if I'm not mistaken, I think you were here longer than anywhere else in the United States. Isn't that true? Don't we still hold that record? Yeah. We still hold that record. Amen. And so they were here for a long time, and we just really appreciated and really dreaded the day that they that they left in in Jesus' name. But they have they you leave physically, but spiritually you're still around. And um, those of you that are online with us this morning, we appreciate you coming. I mean, we we do believe and we're praying for the day that you can come back to church you can be here with us um, there is something about being in 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 the presence and something about being in the place and I'm not trying to rain on your parade here we're just trying to reach everybody but boy there's just something about coming to church in Jesus name and so we're thankful let me make some announcements here get some things out of the way I've got I do have a little lesson I want to give you this morning that maybe will help you in this coming year praise God we've talked about Christmas now for almost a solid month I've used different themes and that type of thing and I hope that the Christmas season is awoke in you and will be with you all year round. Um, I, I do not agree with the culture where we take one or two days and we just kind of splash it all over the place and then we forget about it and that's kind of what we're good at. We really are but when we come when it comes to Christianity you know the things of God that lives on and on and on and on so I'm hoping that that's the case for you and those of you that are online with us praise God um, if you're interested we publish a calendar every month uh, we got January's calendars here with us and we've got several things that I want to make note of that's going to be happening in the month of January because um, you know it is a new year it's time to man let's 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 do some things for God this year what do you say Amen. And not just a cliche and something to make us feel good for a while, but something that we plan on doing. And so let us get right started with your planning. In, in January, our organization several years ago decided that they would concentrate in January on prayer and fasting, which in my opinion is absolutely a, a good way to go. And so this year, it's the same, 30 days of fasting, and they've taken a theme called Make Him Known. And so we've got these, um, these cards that will help you to be conscious of this 30 days of prayer and fasting, and maybe will help you to get involved in prayer and a little bit more and that type of thing. Um, with, in regards to that, you know, the church here, we give a week for prayer and fasting every month. The third week is usually what it is, but this month we're just going to turn the entire month into a fasting and praying. Now, that doesn't mean you have to fast every day unless the Lord directs you. But I would hope that every person in this place can get involved in it. 
Come on, you can give up a meal. You can give up some things. And I'm telling you, you're going to find the strength and the power that comes with being that kind of committed in Jesus' name. And so we've got these things up here, these cards. Uh, if you want to, you can take one with you before you leave today and get prepared for that. And, and my goodness, I'll tell you something. If we can launch this thing in January and get prayer and fasting, and we do have, uh, in, in, um, um, in regards to this, we have two Saturdays that we've slotted out for prayer, collective prayer here at the church. Um, that's an extra Saturday. We normally have one Saturday a month that, we, um, um, that we're doing it, but this month we're going to go with two Saturdays, and that's the 8th and the uh, 22nd. So, and it's on your calendars here so that you can know exactly what we're doing, and all kinds of things are happening, and we're expecting God to do great things. Folks, never underestimate prayer and fasting. Just don't do that. Don't let your flesh take over now in the next 10 minutes and tell you how complicated this is going to be and how hard it's going to be. You tell the flesh to shut up. And you say, my spirit and my soul is going to begin to drink in this living water and we're going to, we're going to see some things happen, praise God. And one of the first places I'm going to see it happen is in my personal life. Come on, that's not selfishness. That's a good desire. And so God can help you to do that. So if you want to, you can get one of these calendars that are in the back there. I think we do also publish this online so you can go online and you can, you can find out exactly what's going on in the church. Praise God. I come up with a theme today also. I'm going to let you in. Does anybody know what an SBE is? Not you. You guys know. But do you know what an, SB, an SBE is? Any idea? Yeah, I didn't think so, because I'm the one who came up with it. What an SBE is, it's a serious Bible enthusiast. A serious Bible enthusiast. Come on, do we got any SBEs in here? Okay, come on, I thought I'd wake some of you up, praise God. That's what we are, we're serious about the Bible, aren't we? And so we put our, our words, we, you know, we put our actions where our words are and that type of thing. And so again, I want to introduce to you, and many of you know this, we do this every year, praise God. And that is, we read through or go through the Bible in its entirety in a year's time, praise God. How many have accomplished that feat here in, in, in this room here? Look at this. Good for you. That's one of the most worthy things that you can do for the Lord, is to get involved with His Word. So become an SBE. Come on, make up your mind that this year you're going to get serious about the Word of God and you're going to make your plans. And in order for that to happen, I'm not putting anybody down here, but there's very few people that have the discipline to do this without some kind of help. And that's not a slam. That's just the way the world in you, operates with us. There's a lot of things out there that are vying for your attention. And you and I, we just need help. We need something to keep us on track. And so this year we have these um, folders that you can take, and we've got some up here. You can take one with you before you leave today. And this is just a systematic way that you can go through the Bible. You can check it off. You can make sure that you're not missing any parts and that type of thing. I, that doesn't mean that you have to do it exactly the way it is done here on these pages. It's just a, a way in which you can keep on track in Jesus' name. And I'll guarantee you, if you do this, you will, you will encounter the blessings of God like you have never encountered before. And I am not making that up, folks. There is nothing like the blessing of knowing God's word, understanding what he, has, what he says, and then let the mysteries of God, the hidden understandings and knowledge of God come to you because God draws nigh unto them that draw nigh unto him. 
He does that. That's just a principle. That's an across-the-board thing, folks. He, that is not a respecter of persons. That is an invitation that God gives to every person. You can draw close to me, praise God. And we can do that in many ways. This prayer and fasting will help you to draw closer to God. But reading your Bibles and allowing God to do some things in your life in that manner, praise God, and then taking heed unto the Word of God or paying attention to it and saying, listen, I'm going to put this stuff and take it off of that page and I'm going to apply it to my life. Come on, can somebody say amen? I'm telling you right now, folks, this is going to be a great year. I mean, I have no predictions for what's going to happen in, in 2022 as far as the world is concerned in America. I mean, I have my own theories and, and, and ways to look at it, but I'm telling you something, it's going to be a great year for you to live for God. There's going to be tons of opportunities that are going to come your way. You know, Peter, in the last uh, uh, verse of his, his second epistle, he said, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And what a way to end an epistle, praise God. And God gives you the privilege to do that in Jesus' name. In fact, I'm going to pray for you right now, that God will give you the boldness and the encouragement and the priority system in your life to make this happen in Jesus' name. Father, in the name of Jesus, I know programs come and go. I know that sometimes we come up with some good ideas, but they all seem to fall short. But I do believe that this thing right here of going through your Bible in its entirety in a year's time, I believe it's of the will of God in Jesus' name. And I pray that every person that's hearing the sound of my voice right now will take serious consideration to do this. That this is not just something that they wish could happen, but they're going to make it happen this year. And I believe there's not one person that cannot accomplish this. I believe that your will and your way will be shown to people in such a powerful way in the name of Jesus. And God, I'm giving you the praise. I'm giving you the glory because you're the one, Lord God, that institutes this. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against you. Lord God, we take heed unto your word and that's how we cleanse our souls. And Lord God, you are here in full power. You're here in full capacity, Lord God, to let this happen. And I pray that the blessings of your word will come down in the name of Jesus and will happen for these people today, tomorrow, and for the rest of this year and for the next year. And Lord God, I'm expecting great things to happen because of your word in Jesus' name. Let's give God thanks for his word. SBEs do we have with us today? Come on, become an SBE. You become an enthusiastic about God's word. And I'll tell you something, the blessings of the Lord will flow into your life. They will. It's just automatic because God, he will confirm his word with signs following. Praise God. Tonight, um, as we have been doing now for about the last six months, we've been um, concentrating with Sunday nights. We have services next, sun, next month. I don't know if you're aware of this. If you get a calendar, we have five Sundays. And so there'll be three Sundays next month that will be uh, Sunday evening services. 
And so tonight, uh, following our protocol, is our men's night. And so men, come. Come to the church at 5.30 tonight. We're going to have prayer here in the sanctuary. We're going to believe God for a great move of God. And then we got a tremendous book, praise God. I brought it with me today so I wouldn't forget to tell you what, what chapter to read because I always get asked that in Jesus' name. The book that we're going through is called just simply Distinctly Different. It's by Carlton Kuhn. We've already covered one of his books before. And, um, and really, really we're blessed as a men's group with it, praise God. And so we decided to do it again. But tonight, beginning on page 47, if you're not, uh, if you don't know, it's men, God's men, folly is not their legacy. You're going to learn, and we're going to talk about a guy named Abner in the Old Testament. And some of the, um, you know, things that happened in his life. And hopefully we can um, use this as a starter. And as always, this is not the only thing we talk about. Um, but we will be using the time as men to come together and to pray with one another and to believe God. Can you say amen? God is so good, isn't he? Praise God. Let me get to a Bible study here today before our time begins to uh, escape from us. If you wouldn't mind, take the book of uh, your, your, the Bibles and, and look at the book of, of, um, of Romans. I'm trying to get that word out of my mouth. Romans. And I want to show you something here in Romans chapter number 3. Praise God. Um, one of the things that God does for us on a regular basis is he helps us to become problem solvers. And I'm so glad about that. Amen. If we're living in a world that is just overrun epidemically with problems, and I'm not here to be negative, I'm just here to be observant, praise God. And so God gives the ability through the baptism of the Holy Ghost, because of the remission of our sins, we're not carrying that heavy baggage anymore. We're not. You meet people every day that still have that baggage from the time that they were young, young people, all the way through their adult life. And so you and I, we've been blessed to have that, our sins completely remitted. And so what that does is that gives us the ability, praise God, to, to find the mind of God very quickly. And so I believe that. I believe every Holy Ghost-filled person has this ability. Bible says to minister according to the ability which the Lord giveth. And so ministering via the Holy Ghost is one of the areas that God gives us. Look at Romans chapter number 8, and most of you are familiar with this scripture. That's why I'm going to use it this morning. The Bible says in Romans 8 and 28, it says, and we know, everybody say we know. It says that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Everybody say his purpose. And so his purpose is, is to develop a Christ-like attitude in us. That's one of the purposes that God puts in this life. You know, one of the question marks I had with God when I first received the Holy Ghost back in the 70s was I thought, well, God, this would be a good time for the rapture to take place. I'm okay. I've got, I'm born again. I know I'm saved. And so let's just get on with this. And unbeknownst to me at that time, God had a long-term project that he had in store in my own personal life. And the same thing is with you, amen. Every time we come um, uh, in contact with God, and we can do this all the time, God has a plan for us. And as this scripture um, alerts us to the fact that all things, now once you're in the kingdom of God, you can begin to realize this, that all things together 
are working for the good. That doesn't mean that everything that happens to you is going to be a pleasantry and you can, oh my goodness, you can laugh all the way to heaven, you know. That's not the way, that's not what that's talking about. It's talking about that the balance in the kingdom of God is working for this to happen and it will happen, praise God, if you'll stand the test, praise God. One of the things that you and I um, uh, uh, learn right away when we begin to live for God is the fact that we need to become faithful to him. Faithful to the Lord. You know, I'm not talking about faithfulness to an organization or to a church, although I believe that's a byproduct of that. But we first, our first allegiance is to God. That's what we're doing. We no longer, the Bible says everything is new, so we're not living for ourselves any longer. We're living for him. Now, that takes a long time, especially with the, the vast majority of selfish people who are coming into the church. And I'm not being critical, folks. That is absolutely an, an observation. I can become selfish in a big hurry. We all can. Because the world that you and I live in, I'm talking about the environment, is very selfish. It's very self-serving. You know, everything's about me. I don't want any, anything to happen to you until it happens to me. But when we come into the kingdom of God, the first thing that has to happen is we got to set priorities that are different. And the first thing we do is we say, no, it's all about him. It's all about God. It's, that's all that really matters is what God wants to accomplish. And I want to find that out not only personally with my own life, but I want people who are around me to see that. And I want them to find that out too because that's the true joy and happiness that people are going to find in the kingdom of God. Can you say amen? And so here we are, you know, we've just celebrated the Christmas season, and people say sometimes that one, you know, depression has a tendency to set in, you know, after Christmas time, and I'm certainly not here to add to it, but I believe that is true, and the reason that is is because people set their sights so short-sighted. You know, all it's about is a day or a present and the disappointment that comes with all of that. And so you and I, we recognize that we can live above that. Can you say Amen. Now, I understand this is a challenge, folks, but you and I, with the, with the help of God, are made, we're built to handle the challenge. Come on, I want to I look every one of you in the eye and say, you are built to handle the challenge of this life. You can do this with God's help, praise God. If you don't have God's help, no matter, you know, no wonder you're having troubles. But boy, if you incorporate God in your life, man alive, you can get some good things happening in Jesus' name. And so keep that in mind. God wants you to love him, and he wants you to understand his purpose or his intention. That's what the word means. What is God intending to do with this situation in Jesus' name? And so we have this direct order. Now let me give you three things here today that God will use, praise God, to help us in this endeavor. You see, one of the things that, uh, that every person um, is signed up for is to become more like Christ. That's what Christianity really is all about. The word Christian is only found just a few times, you know, um, in, 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 in the Bible. But in, at that emphasis, it meant to be like Jesus. That's exactly what they were talking about. When they said Christian, they meant Christ-like, Jesus, be like him. You know, that's why you find the word disciple a whole lot more times in the New Testament than you find Christian. Why is that? Because discipleship is what develops us to be a Christian. And so this is why every apostolic church, in my opinion, needs to be about discipleship. Now, that's not the only thing, but that needs to be a large portion of what they are doing for people who come to their church on a regular basis and find themselves wanting to be faithful to God. Can you say amen? amen. 
Now, I know I'm saying a lot of words here this morning, but I know that most of you here, you endeavor to do this. This is something you desire. You didn't even know you were looking for this. Either did I. But this is exactly what God wants for you, and you know that. Now, you got to get past the idea that it's going to be too hard. you got to get past the idea that, no, this isn't for me, I can't do this, and all that kind of business. And you got to recognize that God doesn't put anything on this earth in our lives that's too hard to accomplish. It's just going to take some effort in Jesus' name. And so let me remind you of some things, praise God, that God will help you with to help you to make this choice in Jesus' name. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of 1 John. The guy who wrote the Gospel of John, he also wrote these epistles in the back. And he, he gave us some tremendous information. Historians will tell you that the Apostle John was probably the last apostle that was left on the earth, you know, um, um, uh, of the 12, the 12 apostles. And so he was a very young person when he was, when he was following Jesus around, probably a teenager, you know. And then when, we, when you read the Gospel of John, he's an older man. He's reminding us of some things. That's why the Gospel of John is written just a little bit differently than the other ones. Amen. It really highlights on who Jesus is. Amen. You can really pick that out in a hurry, praise God. And then in his epistles, he's doing the same thing. Let me give you a for instance here. Look at verse or chapter number 3 of, of 1 John. 1 John chapter number 3. The Bible says there in verse number 1, it says, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. See, that's why a lot of times people can't figure out what's going on in your life. They're going, my goodness, he used to cuss. He used to do this. He used to do that. He used to, he, you couldn't care. He could care less about coming to church. And now the guy is, you know, he's like a fanatic. He's going to church three times a week. He's reading his Bible. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't get in on, on the colorful jokes that we tell and all that kind of business. What are they doing? They're observing you to become a Christ-like person. Now, I'm not trying to talk, I'm not talking about working our way to heaven here. I'm talking about becoming like him. Amen. Well, the reason that they don't know what's going on in your life, and it's hard to explain it to them, is because they don't know him. That's why the best thing you can do in witnessing, now I understand all of us have a witness. We have a life that shines, but the best witness is his. And that's why telling people about Jesus is a priority that you need to put in your life. And as you begin to tell people about Jesus, hopefully they'll get to know him. And then once they get to know Jesus, they're going to start figuring out what it's all about in your life. It's going to make sense. And if they really desire it, they're going to join right up with you. Now, doesn't that make sense? Instead of trying to shove this stuff down people's throats, instead of trying to, you know, make, you know, make it horrible for everybody we're around, why don't we just be pleasant Christians? Why don't we just take the opportunity every day and let God develop us? Let God put some things in us that absolutely will shine through all of the other junk that we have. Come on, I believe this is the proper way. This is what God is showing with his church, that we don't have to go out there and manhandle people. What we need to do is go into a world that's full of darkness and shine the light. Come on, anybody want to shine the light? Come on, that's why in this church we try to promote ways in which that can happen. That's why if you become an SBE, amen, I believe your light will shine. Amen. And so here's John. He's telling us what, what a privilege to become or be to be called the sons of God. 
That's what we are. That's what God designed for us to become, is a son of God. Amen. And then the Bible says here, look at verse 2. It says, Beloved, it says, Now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear, you know, what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. So this is the metamorphosis that's happening in your life right now. You know what metamorphosis is. That's where that cat caterpillar turns into that butterfly, that's exactly what's happening to you right now. That's why it's important for you to first of all develop faithfulness to Him. Him. Say, God, I'm going to live for you. I'm praying because I want to know you. I'm coming to church because that, you know, that little preacher up there is preaching about you. That's what's happening, praise God. And I'll tell you something, that will clear a lot of the cobs out of your eye, out of your, out of your heart. And so the Bible says in verse number 3, this is where I'm going to conclude here in this, this, this chapter, but look at what a byproduct of that is. Now, when you desire, when you recognize that God has called you to become one of his sons, amen, something is going to happen. And in verse 3, it tells us, and every person or every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. And if you want to talk about the definition of holiness, there it is right there. Holiness isn't a bunch of standards, Holy, although I do believe they're in standards, but holiness is purity. That's what God puts in us. Our motives become pure. Our actions become pure. People can start to look at us and say, man, I don't know if I agree with everything they do, but my goodness, he's a pretty good guy to have around. You know, this workplace is a whole lot better off because of them. And what happens is, is you begin to win people to the Lord. And one of the first places we must begin is in respect. You cannot demand respect. You can't walk into the area and say, now I'm a Christian, so quit doing all this stuff. No, what you do is you begin to gain respect. And you gain respect by being obedient to God. By being faithful to His plan. Come on, folks, I'm not talking about never making a mistake, but I'm talking about living for God every day in Jesus' name. Would you just lift your hands right now, close your eyes, and just for about 15 seconds, ask God to give you some understanding to that about you. Where's that, what's that mean for me right now? Where does that mean? Where does that go for me? Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Man, I feel the grace of God in here just thick. I really do, folks. I, God is in this place. He's for you. He's already developed more programs than we can shake a stick at. Come on, folks. We can become the sons of God. We can become the people that God wants us to become in the name of Jesus. And so, Lord, help us with this. Lord, help us with this. And that's why calling out to the Lord every day and, and just making that request known unto him, you know that God is going to bring those kind of things to you. He will. You know, it was no accident that you came to this church. I know I say that a lot, but it's the truth. I ended up on Marywood and Chrissy in Dubuque, Iowa, not as some accident. God led me to that church. 
And man alive, he helped me to develop a backbone. He helped me to develop some, some grit. He helped me to understand that just because somebody else doesn't want to live for him doesn't mean that I can't. I mean, to tell you folks, within the first couple of years, God was, he was giving me some serious stuff. And he will do the same thing for you. That's what he will do over and over and over again. And so you can begin to recognize this. That's one of the things that we have to get better at, is recognizing what God is doing. How is he doing this? And you can do that with spiritual discernment in Jesus' name. And so what John is writing about is the fact that he, in the beginning, he said, in the beginning was the Word in his gospel, and the Word became flesh. And we that embraced him, we had the privilege to become the sons of God. You read the first chapter of the book of, of the Gospel of John, and he says the same thing there. He's talking about becoming something, not just doing it. And I understand you can, you can scare people enough to get them to do some things. And that's, that's what we do sometimes. And I'm not saying it doesn't work for a little while. But the bottom line is the becoming the Christian, becoming Christ-like. Let this mind that was in Christ be also in you. And so God will help us to do that. And so let me give you three ways in which God, which you can recognize every day that God will do that, okay? First of all, he will use the truth to do that. Amen. Let me give you just a, an example, and I might give you some scriptures that if you want to write these down, you can. But um, the bottom line is in, um, I believe it's in Timothy, Timothy if I can get my Bible pages to turn here. Yeah, there it is. Second Timothy chapter number 3 and verse 16. It says there, it says all scripture. Everybody say every one. It says is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness that the person of God may be thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So there it is. God uses the truth to instruct us. I understand this is very elementary, but it's the way he does it. Amen. Thy word is truth. You know, John in his gospel in the third chapter made reference to this. The opposite of evil is not good. It is not. Because you and I, we can do some good things, but that doesn't mean, you know, that, that we're in the truth. The opposite of evil is the truth. You see, that's what God wants you to develop the faithfulness to. Now, being good will be a byproduct of that. You will become a good person if you will do the truth. If you will allow the truth to become part of what you live for, in Jesus' name. And so this is what the truth is. And God uses the truth, praise God. I mean to tell you, it is powerful. I don't have time to go into the whole entire um, uh, psalm, but the Psalm 119 really highlights on the statures and the, and the observances and the laws and the things of God. And basically, it's talking about what God has written. And that's why in a lot of places in that psalm, it, it deals with this. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. It's something that will direct me. It's something that will help me to get around in a dark world, praise God. And so the word is there. So the entire 119th psalm can help you with that, praise God. You know, Colossians 3 and 16 talks about this, praise God. You can write this down and look up that scripture. Hebrews chapter number 4, you know, the word of God is quick and powerful sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, joints and tomorrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. That's what God is using. His word, praise God. But you can turn his word off if you want. 
You can do that, praise God. You can just say, well, I'm not going to look up that word. But you know what you're going to find? You're going to find that, there, that you can't turn it completely off. You want to know why? Because there are going to be people around you that are going to be living the word. And that's what you and I do. That's, what our, that's one of our job descriptions, is we become the light to the world, and that light is through God's word. And so God will use truth. He will, he will just absolutely begin to saturate your life. And you'd be surprised the things that can, um, you know, that, that, that can begin to be accomplished when we allow God's word to start working in us. Amen. And so the truth is the truth. It never changes. God doesn't, you know, he's not here making up, you know, making up things as he goes, praise God. The template is God's truth, and God's truth will, man alive, it will just absolutely shine. So do yourself a personal Bible study. Begin to get into God's word. Find out for yourself what that has to do with you, and you will find out, praise God, that there are good things in the name of Jesus that will begin to happen. Now, the second thing, the second thing that God will use, and this is an across-the-board assessment, folks. This isn't just for special people. He will not only use truth, but he will use people. God is in the people business. Amen. And he's developing people all the time. You know, I do a, a study from time to time about the giftings of God. And the giftings of God are very special. But usually what I've found out, even about my own self, is there might be a couple of those gifts that you really like. And so what you do is you begin to highlight on them. And sometimes we have a tendency to forget about the rest. And so you and I must get back to the point to where we, we, we develop the whole counsel of God for our life. Amen. And so the giftings are like this. In the 12th chapter of the book of 1 Corinthians, you will find the gifts of the Spirit. Amen, you know, discerning, uh, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, you know, the gift of tongues, you know, uh, our diverse tongues. That's not just the gift of tongues, by the way, that's diverse tongues. And then the interpretation of tongues, prophecy, all of these things are giftings from God. And you must understand, God uses these things to minister to other people. That's what he does. And so you and I, we can expect to be used in these gifts if we are submissive to him. Amen. But then you have the, the, the special giftings found in, in Ephesians chapter number 4, where the Bible says when Jesus was setting up this kingdom on earth, and that's what he was doing, by the way, when he came here. The template was him. That's why I observe and I follow and I study Jesus. How did he do it? That was one of the conclusions I reached to about developing discipleship classes in this church. And the reason was, is not because UPCI called me up and said, I better do it or else. It's because I saw Jesus doing that. I saw Jesus taking people aside, people who were hungry, people who displayed the fruit in them that they wanted more, and he was giving them more. And this is what I see. But that is people working with people. You must understand, he gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers. Why? For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, and for the edifying of the body of Christ. Now that doesn't mean that everybody has one of those fivefold giftings. This is what the charismatic world, in my opinion, has gone off the deep end. You got people who have never learned how to be submissive to God that wants to be in leadership. You talk about, that isn't even a train wreck, folks. You want to know what that is? That's a plane wreck. 
That's literally what that is. And I'm not trying to be overly critical, folks, but that's why we got a bunch of, a bunch of junk in some of these churches. It's because people are in leadership before they have even learned how to be submissive to God. And you must understand, Jesus, Jesus, as our perfect example, took 30 years. Come on, he was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Now, that doesn't mean that the fivefold giftings are going to be perfect, but it does mean they need to learn, definitely need to learn submission. And that takes a long time. You cannot force feed that one. You can't make people to be submissive. All you can do is heavily uh, accentuate that, that, that request. And every day, God is trying to get you to be submissive. He's trying to get you to quit questioning him all the time and start listening to him and start doing what he says to do instead of this idea, God, I want the whole schematics before I do anything. That's ridiculous, people. That's called arrogant people, in my opinion. We've got to have faith in God. That's what the word faith does. Faith develops a faithfulness in us. God doesn't have to explain every act that he's doing. We just know that he's a good God, that he's for us, that he loves us, praise God, and we're going to do what he tells us to do. Come on, if you want to know a, a very obvious, obvious place that I recognize that as a pastor is when people pay their tithes. And I'm not going to preach on money here today, but it's absolutely the truth. Amen. Even in this church, I wish it wasn't true, but we've only got about 30, maybe 40% of the people that pay their tithes on a regular basis. And then you've got people, of, you know, about 20 or 30% of the people that, that they'll give on a, you know, and they give once in a while or give this and give that. And I'm not against that, folks. Please don't misunderstand what I'm saying here. And then we've got people, certain percentage of people, they don't give anything. They just come and they want it. Now you say, well, man, you should, you should love everybody. I try. But I'm going to tell you something. Folks will never learn anything deep from God until they commit themselves to God. And part of being committed to God is to be in submission to Him. That's what God gives us these rules and regulations for. It's not so that we'll look good to the world. It's so that we will stay steadfast for Him in the name of Jesus. And then when, not if adversity comes our way, we're going to be able to stand the test. Can somebody say amen? Come on, lift up your hands right now and ask the Lord to help you. Come on, this, this is not your pastor bawling you out. This is somebody presenting something to you. Do you want to be closer to God? Come on, do you want God's blessing? Blessings to begin to flow into your life? Oh, come on, it can happen, praise God. It will happen if you will allow it. Oh, hallelujah. And so these giftings that I'm talking about, the gifts of the Spirit in, in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 12, praise God. They're used, God, angels don't come down here and do this stuff for us. These are people that are doing these things. And then these fivefold giftings, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, they're people. Amen. And then the last one is one I probably should have started with. The 12th chapter of the book of Romans is a tremendous chapter if you want to get involved in doing what God wants you to do. And I call these giftings from about, I think it's verse number 3 through about verse 8. You will find these servant gifts. This is what really can begin to happen in people's lives. And we've got folks in this church that are involved in that right now. And boy, they're learning a ton. They're, you couldn't go to Bible school and learn what they're learning by getting involved in the servant gifts. This is what shapes our character. This is what really begins to tell what's on the inside of us. 
And this is what it is. I told somebody here not too long ago, you'll never understand how people feel about being a servant until you start, until you start treating them like one. Ooh, then you get it. Wow. Man, I didn't think that was that bad. But boy, I mean to tell you, people can get home and they can start thinking and they can start talking about that. How come he's always asking me? How come he doesn't ask anybody else? You know, I'm telling you folks, this is all what it's, what it's called. And that's why we have to be careful, our attitude towards it. And I'm reasonable enough to understand that this takes a few years. It really does, especially in the world we're living in. Now, it doesn't have to, but it usually does. Because what we do is we go back out in the world, and they don't do it that way. Remember Jesus when he gave that little Bible study to his, 12, to his disciples? You know, here was John and what was the other guy, James? You know, and the mom was being a mom. Hey, I want you to do something for me, Jesus. Put one on the right side and one on the left side. Hey, that's a pretty reasonable request, too. And Jesus is saying, well, you don't really know what you're talking about here. You don't know what you're asking. Well, they didn't. And sometimes we don't either. But you notice what happened to the other ten or whatever there was there? Ooh, they got upset, didn't they? Who do these guys think they are? My God, I wanted that position. I thought that was for me. Come on, can somebody say, that's me? <laughs> yeah, well, we are. We're all that way. That's why we have to have the right attitude about things. And God is continually using the truth and people to develop the right attitude. Amen. But what did Jesus say? He said, listen, boys, let's just cut to the chase here. The Gentiles have a protocol. This is how they do something. Check that out for yourself in the 20th chapter of the book of Matthew. You're going to find out that Jesus said, no, this isn't how I want you to do it. He said, the greatest among you will be a servant. Servant minister. That's, they're, they're interchangeable there. And so that's why the 12th chapter of the book of Romans is a very important chapter for people to understand. What is God calling them to do? Not pastor a church, but become a help in the church. That's what he's trying to do. Now, I'm not saying that he did, maybe someday somebody in here won't be called to being a pastor, but it's going to begin with having faith towards God every day. It's going to continue on with being submissive to him and to his leadership and to his truth and to to the people that he has called. Come on, folks, I'm not trying to toot my own horn here. I'm just trying to make 2022 become the best year of your life. And it's possible for that to happen with the kingdom of God and for us in the name of Jesus. Can you say amen? Come on, let's take another 15-second break, and let's ask God to give us understanding here. Come on. the Lord. My goodness. Oh, barita kahapasi, lamando, mare, lobaka, haya, uyalabokomostuyalabaha, in the name of Jesus, Lord. Let that go into the depths. Let that sink down deep. Let us, Lord God, receive that with meekness, that engrafted word that's able to save our souls. Help us to become like you. Help us to be Christ-like. Help us to be Christians. Help us to become the sons of God in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 Jesus. Praise God. And so that leaves us one left, praise God. And that is circumstances. 
God will use, come on, we, we, what, did we, what did we talk about at the very beginning? And we know that all things together work together. And so you can expect circumstances not to, to, not to be your worst enemy anymore. But you see, the American cultured Christian church just wants everything good to happen to them. And then when something bad happens, we question God. And we don't even look for what's going on. We don't even try to say, hey, what, what is the, what's the deeper meaning here in Jesus' name? And so God wants to help you and I to tab, have a different outlook on circumstances. And I believe that we can. I believe that God can help us with that in Jesus' name. In closing, let me give you three, just three, and there's, there's tons of examples in the Bible that you can find about different circumstances. And I'm not here to be the judge. I'm just saying that I'm going to believe that through faithfulness to God, that God can use anything, all things, praise God. Amen. And so that's what will happen. Now, sometimes what, 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 an, an analogy that you can use about circumstances or challenging circumstances, that's the word I was looking for, in the Bible is something called storms. You can see that periodically storms came into people's lives. And believe me, they were challenges. They were challenges. Amen. I remember back in Iowa, we, we lived in uh, just south of what they called then Tornado Alley, and that has changed. I mean, over the years, there's all kinds of Tornado Alleys now, and I'm certainly not here to bring up any memories with people. But I remember um, just north of us, and we lived on the east side of Iowa and just up the river there um, uh, um, and into Wisconsin. There was a place called Barn Barneville, Wisconsin. And Barneville, Wisconsin was hit like twice in like three years with tornadoes. I mean, they would come across, it just seemed like the, the pattern was they would come across the northern part of Iowa, tornadoes. And then they would swoop up before they got to the Mississippi River. And then when they got over the Mississippi River, they would come back down and it just seemed like it was with vengeance. And they literally, there was one time, or twice I think it was, maybe, I'm not sure, I, might, I don't have all the facts, but I think at least once it destroyed the entire town. Now, it wasn't a real big town, but it destroyed the town. And I mean, it's sad. People built it up and then it destroyed it again. And you know what they did? Literally. They moved the town. That's what they did. They moved it down the road. Now, I, I've never been able to do the research whether it helped them or anything like that, but I thought to myself, wow, that's, that's going beyond stubbornness, isn't it? And you know what happens, what I have found? I've found a lot of Barner Barnavilles. I found people, man, where the storms come in, man, and swoop them down, and man, they get stubborn enough, I'm staying here. I'm going to live for God the way I think I should live for God. Come on. He's knocking on your door right now. That's what they do. They just say, hey, I'm stubborn. I'm going to, and they don't even have to say it. That's what they do. Instead of using that as, as, a, as a thing from God to say, I'm going to move. I'm going to move my life a little bit. Come on, folks. You must understand that God isn't in the destruction business. But you and I live in a world where that happens. And that's what we find with circumstances sometimes. Now, let me give you an example of this from a biblical standpoint. Amen. Storms of life come for different reasons. They do. Let's use one. Jonah. First chapter of Jonah. Yeah, do you enjoy reading that? I don't. But it's because it's the same thing all the time. I want, I want to read the book of Jonah and see where Jonah finally got it. 
in the first chapter, but he didn't. And so the storm came to Jonah because he was out of the will of God. That's what it was. And God still wasn't into destroying them. But God had to teach that man that I had called you to do that. That's why I'm telling you, the greater the calling, the greater the responsibility. And sometimes, in my opinion, the greater the storm. That's just what will happen. God wants us to stay in his will. And so you see a storm come into Jonah's life that was of his own doing. He's the one that got on the wrong ship. He was the one that took the wrong turn. And so we must understand, God wasn't trying to make his day bad. He was trying to get him back. And thank God that he did get it. He ended up back going to Nineveh. And I understand that Nineveh had a reputation. I understand that that wasn't the most pleasant place. Like going to the south side of Chicago, folks. This was going to be a rough time. But God had called him to do that in Jesus' name. And so we see that, a different storm. We see in the 27th chapter of the book of Acts, the apostle Paul who got into the storm because the people he was with were out of the will of God. Read that 27 chapter. It's kind of amusing. Here they are in this haven. And I don't know what's wrong with this haven. It should have been okay, but they didn't think it was that great. And so they wanted to move on. They wanted to hurry on. And Paul, with the help of God, warned them. He said, listen, boys, you take this ship out, there's going to be some uh, bad things that are going to happen. But the Bible said that the guy who was running the ship he believed the guy who owned the ship more than he believed Paul. And so they got on that boat, and you know what happened. That boat ended up coming apart. But you know something? Because there was an apostolic on board, not one person lost their life. Amen. That ship disintegrated before it got to the shore. But those people were saved because of a man of God who was on that. You don't know what you're doing besides somebody when they get into trouble. I'm telling you, folks, God puts us in these situations to become Christ-like so that people will see that. They'll, they'll see the light, and they'll be able to be saved. That's what God is doing. And then the last example is found in a couple of places in, 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 in the Gospels, and that's where, where the storm came, you know, because God wanted to show them something even greater. Praise God. They're on the boat. Jesus is with them. They're coming across. And one of these, these frequent storms happen on that lake or on that body of water. And the Bible says, man, that storm was wreaking havoc. But Jesus got up, and what did he do? He stilled the storm. And I believe all of us can and probably will experience that from time to time. See, God is trying to develop Christ-likeness in us. And I understand that's not always the, you know, the most woo-woo subject. But it's one of them that are tremendously relentless. Every day, God is doing this. Every day. That's why those of you that will become SBEs, you'll begin to read God's word, and boy, by this time next year, you'll be going, yeah, I'm glad I did that. God showed me. God showed me. God began to help me to understand that verse of Scripture more than I ever did before. That's what happens with the relentless, everyday attitude towards God. And we got him in here, folks. 
You're good people. I'm not trying to put you down. I'm not trying to wreck your day and your life. I'm trying to help you to understand, praise God, that you and I were called, we were saved with a purpose, praise God. And that purpose is getting deeper and deeper and deeper in Jesus' name. Would you stand with me right now? You've been so good. I felt just a, a tremendous liberty here to teach and, 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 and just say the things that I know the Lord wanted me to say. But can we, can we just absolutely just lift our hands right now and ask the Lord to just embed that deep inside of us? Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, come on. Let's, let's ask God to do something great. Oh, in the name of Jesus.